Welcome in. This is your U.S. Open live chat. The next hour is your time. We can talk about anything you want. Just drop it in the chat. Questions, comments, concerns, ownership, weather, head-to-heads, whatever you want. It's your time. Drop it in the chat. I'll get through as many as possible while you're there. And as everyone is coming on in, don't be afraid to hit the like button. Thank you. Goes a long way for me. And know that everything that you see, all the tools that I use are from my site. It's rickrungood.com. I like them. I think you will like them too. Specific to golf, nothing else. Uh, Also, again, as everybody gets in, let me remind you, this is not one. Not two, but three different live chats today. This one you're in right now. This is your U.S. Open live chat. At 8.15 Eastern time, there will be a Jock Market Power Hour. This live chat is presented by our friends over at Jock Market, Stock Market DFS. I'll talk about them later. And then finally, there is a... Uh, upper deck card break. I'm unretiring for one night only and then re-retiring from breaking cards. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern time. There is still a chance to get into a raffle if you want for those cards. There is what I would describe as an overlay. There is less people in the raffle than the cost of the tickets. So a little bit of an overlay, a little bit of value there, but let's not waste any more time. Oh, if you want to get into that break, it's rickrungood.com slash card hyphen break. Check it out. Here we go. Let's jump in. Paul says, Hey Rick, I'm stuck between Woodland and Lowry. Both seem to have similar strengths and weaknesses. Who would you ride with? Wow. It's a tough one. I kind of like both of those guys, but I'd probably give the nod to uh, Lowry here just because I think he's playing a lot better than people expect him to be. And, you know, the, the U.S. Open bump that Gary Woodland is going to get Uh, I think I'd rather have Lowry, who has gained strokes on approach in every event since the Players' Championship. His top tens, three of them have come at maybe the the hardest courses that we have or the deepest fields that we have. The Players' Championship, the PGA Championship, and the Memorial. Uh, He's just playing much better than people expect. He's trending in the right direction to defend his crown at the Open Championship next month. I, I like them both. I think I'd go with Lowry. Dan the Man says, Hey, Rick, I saw no matter how you set the lineup builder, Answer seems to come out on top. Isn't that crazy? What current adjusted model weights are you using? So let me pull up the model here. Or this is the lineup builder, the model, whatever you want to call it. Probably should rebrand it. Uh, But this is a new tool. Also, we are, if you're in the Slack channel, you have access to a new version of this. We, we just added a bunch of new stats. We added, we're just kind of testing it out. We'll probably push it in the next couple of days, but I didn't want to get crushed during us open week. So basically uh, here's what I would do right now. I would probably, I think when the week started, I was really, um, I was really giving accuracy a, a benefit. And I still, I still want to, I want to give it 15%, but I, I think driving distance to me, is going to be important as well. And I want to go 20 there. And then what I want to do is, um, of course, we've got to give the approach players. I mean, approach is always the most important stat. Let's go 25 there. Let's do, I think around the green is going to be important. I'll do 15 around the green, 15 on putting. So I don't have anything off the tee because I've already done driving distance and driving accuracy. And then we will take our final 10 and we'll put it on birdie or better percentage. And our number one player, okay, I got rid of, I got away from Abraham answer. It'll be Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson would be number one, John Rahm two, Xander Shoffley three. That is much more 
uh, expected, right? Uh, I think when I was when I was getting answer as uh, my top guy, I was relying a lot more on short game, maybe maybe doubling it up in some situations. But this is a model uh, I certainly do not mind running out there. Rick, who is my Grillo and Keegan this week? I'm a sucker for playing those guys. Do you like Streelman here? Interesting. So uh, if you're talking about kind of team no-putt guys, we can go to the Holy Grail and we can just sort by T to green since, let's call it the start of 2021. Let's do that. Um, Cam Young would be, but he only has two rounds. I'm kind of looking for good T to green players, poor putters, Justin Thomas, Terrell Hatton, obviously they're they're much more expensive than the guys that you would be trying to fit in that spot. Sergio Garcia would be one of those guys, Ryan. Um, Grayson Sig, only 10 rounds, but he would fit there. And believe it or not, Tommy Fleetwood also shows up. So those are probably some good comps, good subs for the Grillo and Keegans of the world that you like to play. It, Clinton, welcome, says, if you were going to build a team good putter, interesting, using the custom model, who, who what is the highest amount you would weigh putting? Okay, so if I wanted to get good putters, uh, I probably would go 40. And I wouldn't do anything. I, I don't think I'd do anything more than 40. Or you're really going to get some skewed uh, things here. And then maybe I would say 10 on accuracy. I would heavily weigh approach again, 25 there. And then maybe 25 off the tee. Well, let's see what this would give us. On Rom number one. Jordan Spieth, number two, Dustin Johnson, number three. If we remove off the tee and go around the green, that's when you're going to get a lot of those short game players. So this is going to be Webb, Reed, Bezadenhout, Berger, Rom, Higo. That would be like your team short game. Thoughts on the newly married Lee Westwood as a low-owned pivot at the bottom of the 7K range to allow for flexibility ownership-wise? Um, or would you prefer a flyer on Matthew Wolf? I'm getting cooler on Matthew Wolf as the week goes on. I was hoping to kind of you know grab a top 20 ticket on him early at 7-1 to one and kind of be happy with it as the week goes on. Uh, not getting a lot of positive comments about the state of Wolf's game. Now that's just on the driving range. It could be who knows what's going on there? So I probably do not like the flyer, um, but Lee Westwood as a pivot. So I have him coming in about one and a half percent owned, which would certainly make him a pivot. Now he was just partying it up here in Vegas for the last couple of days. So I don't know uh, how much practice time he's gotten in, but he's a, he's a savvy vet. Uh, he can grind for you. He's going to be significantly lower owned than Max Homa in this area and, and Charlie Hoffman. So if you're looking for a low owned pivot, I believe that is a pretty good one, Addison. Thanks for checking in, man. Rick, any takes on Harmon versus English for the last man in? Already have some Adam Scott. So ooh, this is probably a tough place for Harmon. Um, I think I'd probably prefer English. Now, we have not seen the good version of Harris English really outside of TOC in January and last week. And even last week, he kind of struggled down the stretch. But if 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 we're getting flashes of that brilliance again, if we're getting flashes of what we saw last year where he was legitimately a top 10 player in the world, then we have to give the nod to Harris English. I, I don't think it's close if, if we're getting that version of English again. Denver Timmy says, hope everyone is as pumped as I am. We are. We are very, very pumped. Playing a single entry um, with only 1,500 entries doesn't matter as much, and can we get Amina pick? Uh, if she sends me a message, I will relay her pick to you. 
I'm giving her time to send it in. She's probably listening or she's doing something else. I don't know what she's doing. Usually she's listening. Uh, so here's how ownership works for, for single entry is generally the chalkier plays are much chalkier. So like the Xander Shoffley at 23%, these ownership projections are much more in the realm of like large GPP, mass, multi-entry, 150 max, all that stuff. So I would assume that Xander is going to come in higher than 23% owned, John Rahm similarly. And then sometimes it it polarizes guys like Spieth and DJ because there's not enough ownership to go around. So I would say the chalky guys are are going to be even chalkier, which then, yes, it does make it, does make it more important. Um, Mina says Patrick Reed. Oh, boy. Late, late end pawn, Latin pawn, Latin pawner, Latin power, Latin power. I'm going to go with Latin power. I think that's your name. Hey, Rick, thank you for your weekly insight. I'm at a crossroad between Hoffman and Burns for DFS. Hoffman gives you flexibility. Burns puts me right up against it. Thoughts on who to pick. I am maybe detrimentally very, very bullish on Sam Burns. Um, so he's going to have to be my guy here, but let me try to explain, you know, you look at, you know, we can pull up his, his profile here and his profile is unbelievable. So if you look at his season long stats, he's number two in birdie average. He's a great putter. He's top 25 there. He's top 25 in strokes gained total. He's top 15 in strokes gained approach. He hits it far. He's 28th in driving distance. He's a little inaccurate, but he was in the final group on Sunday here in January, he shot a 75 and played himself out of the golf tournament, but still three really good rounds. Then you look at what he's done, what he did after that Tory Pine start. Well, he probably should have won Riviera. He was in the lead late on Sunday with like six holes to play. And that's a very close comp course for me. He played great at Zurich with his partner, Billy Horschel. He won the Valspar and he nearly went back to back at Byron Nelson. He is much better now he's got good history on comps. He sets up well. I'm 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 ready to be burned again. I'm ready to be burns again. Like I, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. What are your thoughts on Troy Merritt as a flyer? Three top ten starts in his last three top tens in his last five starts. Excuse me. Pull up his profile here. So uh, the good news, or excuse me, the bad news is he is both. Short off the tee, 155th, and kind of inaccurate, 104th. So his strokes gained off the tee is 173rd. That's not great. That would be really concerning for me. He loses strokes from tee to green. He's reliant on the putter. Let's see how he is on POA. So let's do Troy. Here's what I want to do. Let's do Troy. We'll get his baseline. So he's 0.35. Oh, no, that's not his baseline. Let's go back even further. 0.20 is his baseline. On POA, okay, basically the same. So um, I don't think it's a great spot for him. I think he's too short and too inaccurate. Does it seem like fairways will hold uh, good drives and not run out on everybody, giving someone like Morikawa a better chance? I believe that I am more bullish on Morikawa than most. I just got off the First Cut podcast with Kyle Porter. Him and I are kind of at a crossroads of what could be successful for this week. I believe Morikawa has a chance if he hits enough fairways. I believe even if, even if he doesn't hit enough fairways, he is live. I'm more worried about the putter than I am about the driver. Uh, the, the the fairways, we just talked to Kyle, he's on site. They are narrow, but I, I think if you have the right shot shape, you can hold them, right? And, and, and we know that Morikawa is just so sharp, so good. I, I'm... I'm much more bullish on him than than many others are. If you had an option to bet Cantlay, Brooks, 
or Hatton at their odds, who would you bet? Love the show. And it's crazy how much you've grown in the last three years. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that is the growth that I've seen uh, is certainly by most standards is very, very small um, by other YouTube channel standards, all that good stuff. But for me, it's big. For me, it's huge. For me, it's exciting. It's it's thanks to the support um, from you guys showing up on a Wednesday when you should probably be working and like doing other things for a live chat, right? Like it gets me stoked. So if I had an option to bet one of these guys, so Cantlay, I think is in the twenties, right? 22, 25, depending on where you're looking. Brooks is probably around that 18 to 19 number and Hatton much longer, 40 to 50, depending on where you're looking. I can tell you, um, I've bet two of them this week. So if I only, and the two that I bet are Hatton and, and Brooks, I got pretty good numbers from Circa, which you might not have access to if you're not in Nevada. So let me just confirm what numbers that I got on them. I'm pretty sure I got Hatton around 50, uh, but my answer would probably still be Brooks. You know, Brooks hanging a, an 18 or a, a 19 in most places is like, let's just zoom out on Brooks here for a second. Um, and we can forget all of the Bryson drama. We can forget the injury drama, just forget it all. And look at the results. Last seven starts, a win, two runners up, most recently, he had a runner-up at the PGA Championship. Then when he missed the cut at Palmetto, he at least gained strokes in both the ball-striking categories. This, to me, is a really optimistic stretch of seven results. The driver's been great. The irons have mostly been good. When he's struggled, it's been the putter. I'm okay with that. I really do believe that there are maybe 20 guys that can win this golf tournament, or at least it's very, very difficult for a lot of the other guys to win this golf tournament. <clears throat> Sorry, this was the question. Anthony, apologies. I forgot to put it up on the screen. Any thoughts on Harmon as a pivot? I don't usually play, play him, but I think his game is more suited for tougher courses. It is. Let's look at some of the tougher, longer courses. You know, Harmon is kind of an anomaly where he shouldn't. There's there's a lot of courses that he should not fit well, but he plays well on tough courses. Let's see what he's done on long courses. I mean, Quail Hollow, he was okay. Augusta's not particularly long. Sawgrass, not really. Man, I don't know. We let's let's take a peek at what's he done in US Opens. Finished second and 17. That was Aaron Hills, like the longest course around. I'm I'm okay with it, Russell. I'm not gonna get there. I understand your sentiment. I just think it's a very narrow path for him. Um, here's a super chat. This is from Chris. Chris, first of all, thank you very much for the super chat. Love your site. I saw a tweet about top T to green players. Why did some people say yours look different than another site? Uh, so I think what happens here is I use um, my database, I believe is, is as complete as possible, which means I use or include master's data and I include match play data. Now, you can make an argument that match play data is, data is wonky, and I understand that, but this is official data from the PGA Tour, so I use it. Also, the Masters is not technically official, but it is complete, and it is shot, it's, it's shot by shot calculated exactly how they would calculate it. It's just that Augusta National doesn't share it with the PGA Tour, but if we have access to the shot link, and we do, uh, we can calculate this ourselves. So Nelson Adcock helped me with this. He's from Cut Sweats. He helped me with this did a great job. I stand by this. So I, uh, my goal, Chris, is to make the database as complete as possible. And that's what I've done. So if there's a little, a little something off here and there, a little difference because last 24 rounds goes into some of those events, that's probably what you're seeing. But I think I'm, I, I like the way that I do it. And thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, now I got to find my spot. <clears throat> 
apologies why there's so many questions in here. This is very, very cool. Um, okay. Who is someone who didn't make your core, but you're still going to bet either outright top five, top 10, etc. cetera. Uh, Adam Scott. Oh, that's my Twitter. Adam Scott uh, is certainly one of them. Uh, I am not generally an Adam Scott fan. I have a top 20 bet on him. I just think that he, his better results have been at more difficult golf courses. Um, I think that, you know, the last time we saw him win, it was at Riviera. He just played well. He finished inside the top 10 here in January. So, um, it's not a guy I normally get access to Hank, but someone I'm going to this week. Luke says, thanks for all the content. 570 people in a pool, no salary cap or anything like that. Need four golfers. Who are you taking? Wow. Um, so I still kind of like to be a little bit different. So I would probably take, if you just gave me four guys, I would take Rom Brooks, Bryson, and I'd be take Rory. And I'm intentionally leaving Xander out. Cause I imagine Xander is going to be in everybody's pool. I think that Rory, I have a feeling about Rory this week. I think this might be the week. Hey, Rick, thank you for the golf database and insight. You're welcome. Who are your top five picks under 9% ownership? Ooh, okay. Let me go down under 9%. It's a very specific number. So I have, uh, so that would be Justin Rose and down here on the cheat sheet. So I would say, and I'm, I'm just kind of scanning these here. I find Brendan Steele very interesting with this combination of salary, only $6,500. The fact that he hasn't missed a cut in 2021 and the fact that he is a pretty good ball striker. I find Jonathan Vegas pretty interesting because again, same reason he is, he has an elite skill set. He's a driver of driver of the golf ball. He is 6,800. The only thing I have an issue with on Vegas is that he's absolutely brutal on Poana greens. Um, I would also then want to consider someone like Corey Connors. He's a great ball striker. He's $8,200. You should not be sub 5%. And then maybe... Scotty Scheffler, 8.25%. Um, I also think Scotty Scheffler is going to be the first round leader. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. Hey, Rick, I built about a thousand lineups in the last two days and can't find a combo I like better than this. Kokrak, Finau, X, Hoffman, Neiman, Ustazen. Uh, I usually don't do lineup questions because Aaron, it's your money. It's not my money. If you like it, I like it. Golf is very random. There are very small margins. I'm not going to tell you to switch out Usti for somebody or something like that and be on the hook for it. If you like it, I like it too. All good. Good luck. Uh, I did mention this is brought to you by Jock Market. If you have not signed up for Jock Market, now would be the best time to do so. If you don't know what Jock Market is, it is stock market DFS and there is a ton of money to be made there because on Wednesday evenings, which is what's going to happen tonight, you bid on shares of golfers. For example... Last week, Garrick Higo sold on Wednesday night for $5.50. Terrell Hatton sold for $9.17 a share. Doc Redman sold for $4.98 a share. And then based on their final finishing position, it pays out a guaranteed rate per share. So it's an opportunity to make money. And then you can buy and sell golfers over the course of the event. Usually major championships are a huge influx of players. The market is usually much more liquid for buying and selling during the event. Jock market is also giving out I have to look this up. They sent me an email about this. Like $500 bonuses for people who make trades during the event. So it's encouraging more trading, more liquidity. I think every trade you make gets you tickets into this raffle for, for $100. So they're trying to incentivize creating the market a little bit more liquid. It's a lot of fun. I like it. I like it because it's something that once the event starts, you can continue to play. If you use the code RICK, it gets you up to a 50 a $50 deposit bonus. So if you deposit 20, you get 20. 
50, you get 50, 100, you get 50. It's a lot of fun. And then there's a power hour this evening. Joe Idonia and myself uh, at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Hey, Rick. Thanks for the content. Smash the like button. Thank you. Who is your thoughts on a... Okay. Thoughts on a contrarian build this week. So I actually have been tinkering with this one and it's a little bit scary to do, but a Morikawa Rory start. Um, it would avoid all of the 10K, which is super scary to do. But if you did that, you could do anything you wanted afterwards. Because I think most people are going to have a 10K player. I think Rory is, is a bit overlooked this week. I've picked Morikawa to win. And then you can really do anything anything you want. Uh, that, to me, is a strategic contrarian build uh, that's going to allow me to do a lot of different things later. Hit that like button, y'all. AJ knows what's up. Obviously, the rough will be drastically different than earlier this year. Sure. How much can the USGA change to affect the putting greens? Uh, so uh, the good news is, and and I've got a lot of experience with Tory Pines, it is, it's very consistent. You know, what the way that I play it in April is obviously not the same as the pros play it or US Open is going to play it, but it's very, very consistent. They're just going to firm them up. It's going to be faster. Uh, the, Poana, the, the, the actual Poanis grass is going to make it more difficult. That's not something the USGA can, can change or will change or do anything like that. Um, so I actually believe that it's going to play pretty similar. It'll be, the rough will be thicker. It'll be, it'll be faster. And of course, turning number six from a par five into a par four will drastically lower the winning score. It'll be closer to even par than I think 14 under is what Patrick Reed wanted at, um, in January. Logan says, love your strategy videos. They made me Way more profitable. I'm stoked to hear that. Scheffler and Connors are currently 10% uh, or lower owned. Are, are they worth a look for in my court? I, I certainly believe so. I'd probably give a nod to Scotty Scheffler. Connors is a great ball striker. I worry about his putting. Scheffler has shown us, even at major championships, that he can be around the leaderboard. He's special. Uh, hey, Rick, good luck with the Cut Sweat Show. Thank you. So Friday, it's going to be about 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Subject to change, go to my YouTube channel and like press the notification bell because it's, we're going to have to wait and see how the cut line is coming. But Friday evening, planning on going live, talking through the six of six. If this guy gets through what happens, don't tell anybody, but um, I'm hoping to be able to show you a little bit of the media tracker, which is like 30 seconds or a minute, usually faster than shot tracker. I don't know if it's going to work this week. We'll see with the USGA and the US open, but that's my, my hope is to provide you real time, information on how the cut is breaking down best 6,800 or under. Oh, that was hard to say best 6,800 or under bomber, not named Vegas or Clark. Who would be some good fits? Hmm. What under 6,800? I mean, you want a bomber. His name's, his name's Wilco. Someone corrected me on his pronunciation. Nina, Nina bar, Nina bar. I'll figure it out. I'll get Mark Immelman on it. My bad. I'll figure that one out. Uh, certainly a bomber. I'm not as bullish this week because Palmetto and Tory Pines could not be any more different, but that would certainly answer your question. Thoughts on Ian Poulter. Let's talk about Ian Poulter. I actually, I've probably been growing on Ian Poulter. Um, you know, it is, it is well known that his path is much more narrow because he's kind of a, a short game specialist, but I got to give him props. He's hit his irons much better in the last four starts. I mean, the fact that he's been barely positive in four starts is great for him. I mean, he lost strokes on approach every event from Valspar back to last season's Northern trust. 
I mean, that's a long time. Also, the driver's been better. If he is a zero driver, a zero on approach, and he has this magic short game, that's a pretty good combo. I don't mind that. I don't know much about some of these other guys. Like Jordan L. Smith, Euro track record isn't bad. He's a bomber. I don't know much about him, Matt. I don't know much about Adrian Maronk. I don't know anything about him. Uh, so I'm just going, I'm not even going to act like I know anything about these guys. I would say go do some more research and you will be the most informed person on those people. I've heard multiple players and reports about rough around the green, more emphasis now on strokes gain approach or around the green. It's an interesting idea. It's Kakuya. It's Kakuya aggressive. You've never played on Kakuya. It's devastating. It is devastating. If you are deselling at all as you're hitting a shot, you are cooked. Uh, this stuff grabs your club like you cannot even believe. I don't think it gives me more of an emphasis on around the green or approach, but I guess if you made me pick around the green, I mean, there's just going to be a lot of guys who miss greens this week. It's going to play longer. Uh, if you're in the rough, it's going to be harder to control. Your dispersion is going to be much wider. I think getting up and down for par is going to be a great score. I, I guess I would take strokes gain around the green. $100 Millie make, Millie maker Scott Harmon or Wolf last man in? Um, I was hoping the answer was going to be Wolf. I'm I'm not necessarily agreeing with that anymore. So I think the answer is Scott. Our guys that just got married, Westwood and Hatton, full fates. Has any golfer that you know of played well after matrimon matrimonial bliss? Well, Aaron, um, didn't Terrell Hatton just lap the field and strokes gain T to green last week and finish second after he got married? That'd be pretty good if he goes and does that again. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Brent says, I have to uh, <laughs> marry one night stand or kill the U.S. Open, the PGA, or the Open Championship. Jeez, this is going to get me destroyed. I would, God, I would kill the PGA, which I hate to say. I love the PGA. I'd marry the U.S. Open, and I would have a one night stand with the Open Championship because um, I think that feels more course dependent to me. The U.S. Open kind of is too. I might marry the open championship that feels more pure golf. And then I'll have a one night stand with the U S open, especially when it's at Torrey Pines, but some places I don't think are as good. I've read the fairways here about five yards wider than wings foot. If that's the case, will it be just as hard to hit if the fair? Uh, so I think it's going to be a little bit easier. I think that the idea of what happened at Wingfoot, which is the USGA, I don't want to say handed it to Bryson. That's not what happened at all. But the fact that they, um, these, these fairways, it was just, they were too, they were too narrow and everyone was playing out of the rough. I don't think they're going to make that mistake again, but a lot of it isn't necessarily even to do with the fairway width. It's more to do with the firmness of said fairways, because you can get into a situation where you landed in the fairway and it rolls out. So yet to be seen Anthony, but I believe more fairways will be hit. Um, I'm starting to get some duplicates, which is good, which means we're making progress here. Happy open week. Thank you. A lot of Euro players are at Tory for the first time since the course is difficult on first, first timers. Does it make you weary of guys like Hatton, Fitz, or Wallace? Not necessarily. I mean, listen, these guys are, especially the Hatton and, and Fitz, they are seasoned professionals. I mean, Hatton's won at Bay Hill. Fitzpatrick has finished inside the top 10 at seemingly all of the most difficult golf courses that we've had on tour in the past couple of months. He's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, he's got top tens at Riviera, Concession, Bay Hill, Sawgrass. Uh, he, he's been phenomenal. So no, I'm not worried about it. 
let's talk about POA putting. Yeah, Morikawa is not great on POA. Uh, now, the the idea is Morikawa is not really great on anything, is he? So, okay, so here's his baseline, 0. 0.06. If we go on just POA, he loses a ton more, uh, nearly a stroke per round. Now, he only has four events on pure POA. Um, so it would be the Farmers, where he finished 21st, Riviera, where he finished 26th, Mexico, WGC, 42nd, and Riviera, 43rd. So I would argue the fact that he's been as horrible in these 16 rounds on POA and he's still never finished outside the top 50, has essentially two top 25s, is pretty unbelievable. Uh, so yes, he has not been good on POA. He's about even on bent. He is actually, so this is also kind of interesting too. So if you do bent POA hybrids, he's actually a positive putter, barely. But pure POA in, in a short sample size, a small sample size, he has not been good. Are you going more balanced or stars and scrubs? I generally go more stars and scrubs, but I'm feeling a bit more balanced this week. I, again, I've I've really been tinkering with that Rory Morikawa start. Um, maybe I don't have to have Morikawa in my core because I've already bet him. Maybe. Uh, but I, I think that that is... A very unique way to start. Who do you think the safest guy below 6,900 is? If you want him to make a cut, it might be uh, Brendan Steele. Mentioned him earlier. Hasn't missed a cut here in 2021. Outside of that, not a ton of safety. I would probably go with Steele. Hey, Rick, I know you were out on Neiman in a prior show. That is correct. Can you elaborate on why his around the green scares you that much? He's a relatively consistent golfer regardless of that flaw. Sure. I'm happy to. So here's, here was the reason I was a little bit worried about Joaquin Neiman is he's just hemorrhaging strokes around the green. And I think this is going to be one of the toughest around the green situations you're going to get. So here he is losing anywhere from two to four strokes over the course of four rounds in his last four starts. He's just been hemorrhaging them. Um, masters. He lost around the greens match play. He was, or excuse me, Honda. He was absolutely brutal. It's hard to describe how difficult Kakuya rough is and how thick it's going to be. And you are at the mercy of whatever lie you're going to get. And you have to be really, really creative. You have to be really, really committed and you have to be really, really strong at it. I do not think it is a coincidence that Patrick Reed, an excellent short game player won here in January. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Um, Jason day. Remember, I mean, think about guys that have had success here when Jason day had all that success. He was one of the best short game players on the planet. I just really think it matters this week, Emmett. I love Joaquin Neiman. I hope he proves me wrong. He's great. I just think that is a really concerning point. Uh, yeah, so I actually did get an, a, an update on the rough. Just talking with Kyle Porter. He is on site. He didn't think it was anything crazy. He actually thought it was a little bit less than what we've been seeing all week long. Uh, Rory also said it was not as bad as other years. You're absolutely correct there. To me, it you again, it's kind of more random with Kakuya. Sometimes it settles all the way down, sometimes it hangs up and kind of floats there. It's it's you're gonna see some really awful lives where guys can barely advance it, and you're gonna see some 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 different shots. So I, I agree. I think that early in the week and even before the week started, the talk was all about how thick the rough is. I'm not possibly I, I don't think it's that bad. It's still gonna be bad. Any players stand out in the jock market who are pre-ranked 100 or higher? Interesting. I've not looked at the pre-ranks yet. I'll do a little bit more research before uh, tonight. But I mean, I'm assuming that these are guys that are further down the board. I'm not as high on on Wilco, but I would look at like, I don't know what Johnny Vegas' pre-rank is, or I don't know what Francesco Molinari's pre-rank is, or Akshay Batia's pre-rank, or Victor Perez. I mean, there's a couple of guys. Cam Young would be another one. Some of those guys I'd have to check out and um, hopefully I'll see you tonight, JG.
A lot of questions in here. Is Max Homa a trap? I don't think so. So let's look at Max Homa. I, I just think that uh, by nature, he is he is more volatile than a lot of the other guys in his range. You know, you look at his last four starts, he's got, I think, two missed cuts and two sixth-place finishes. Um, the, the, the most impressive thing is, of course, the comp with Riviera, West Coast, Poa, um, hard course, tough field. He wins it. That's amazing. I'm even more impressed by what he did after that. Top 25 at concession and a top 10 at Bay Hill. I don't believe he's a trap. I just think he is by design, a little bit more volatile than the rest of those guys, but he's a really good play. Cody says, Rick, I say, Cody, Jay Wallen, JW Olin says, who are the highest owned players expected to be? Well, there's exactly one way to find that out. We'll go to the cheat sheet. We'll go to projected ownership. Xander, number one, 23%. I bet he goes more than that. Coke rack number two at 20, because he's kind of down in that $7,500 range. Casey, Louie and John Rahm are the other, that's all the guys I have over 19%. Then Reed is 18 and a half. And then everybody else, um, 16% or lower is the way that I have it shaking out at the moment. Has Fleetwood lost distance off the tee? Interesting. I don't know. I could look that up for you, Brian, but I'm not positive on that. Rick, do you play any golf showdown? I usually don't. Uh, I play jock market during the event. And also I just... There, it's uh, listen. I love embracing volatility and, and randomness, but those are super random. And also, by the time the week starts, I've done so much research. I've done so much content. I just want to like sweat the guy. I, I don't. I, to, for me to start making more lineups, uh, it blows my mind. What I do do is I bet uh, round by round matchups. That to me is the most profitable way to make money on golf. Is there a course that hasn't hosted or you'd like to see the U.S. Open go to, or one of the older ones that they used to play more frequently? Interesting. Um, I think that it doesn't have to be the U.S. Open. I thought the PGA Championship should just do all municipal courses, and they should they should highlight all the best munis around the country. Uh, for U.S. Open, man, I'd have to chew on that. I really, uh, I, I really think we should be embracing. And I know this is never going to happen, but how many more people watch golf on TV than actually go to the event? I want to see smaller, uh, smaller infrastructures at events that are more geared towards television and more geared towards kind of like premium seating or just like fewer people. And then you can start going to a lot of other places. I, I, I don't think the Bandons are going to host us opens if you, if you don't need an infrastructure, but you can go to a lot more places if you don't need to be able to host 50,000 people every single day. Um, I am a sucker for Marion, which is also a tough blue. It's a tough blueprint. If they go back, I, I would go back to Marion every single year. Any interest in taking flyers on the South African youngsters? Um, I just think you're not going to be alone, Anthony. I'm probably just going to pass. But we, there's plenty of time to play those guys. If you had to pick two golfers, regardless of price or odd, who would you pick that you're most confident to place inside the top 10? I mean, I guess I'd be silly not to pick John Rahm if it's regardless of or irregardless of anything. I'd pick John Rahm, and then I would probably pick... Is it, is it too bad to say Xander? I mean... Rory would be the other one. R Rory's record at Tory is great. If Rory, if Rory is, if Rory shoots a 73 or better on Thursday, I'm going to live bet him. That would be too over par. He has to survive round one. That's all he's been doing over the, over the last couple of majors. 
Um, pick one to fade in the Millie Brooks, Bryson, or Rom. I think, unfortunately, the answer has to be Rom because I imagine he's going to be incredibly highly owned. Um, I don't like it, but if you're trying to win a million dollars, that's the kind of uh thing you're going to have to do here. What have you determined to be the best qualities of success? Okay, so this is actually pretty interesting. So if you missed the DFS preview on Monday, uh, this is the course key stats tool. This is the course correlation. This is something I run every single uh, year, week, month, whatever you want to call it, for every single course. So this is the US Open correlation. So of course, this rotates courses. So the two stats that are most correlated or two of the most correlated to success at US Opens for the last, uh, I think this is eight or 12 years. I can't remember how much US Open I have. Putting, driving accuracy. And then there's driving and then there's strokes gain total, which kind of makes sense. So this kind of passes the sniff test. You got to be playing out of the fairway, or at least if you do, it gives you a, a leg up. And this is not just talking winners, right? This is every position on the board. And then strokes gain putting. What I found very interesting, Will, is that if you switch to farmers, which is Tory Pines itself, what are the two most important stats here? Putting and accuracy. Now they're not as strongly correlated, but the fact that both of those show up for both U.S. Open and uh, Torrey Pines is incredible. So here's what, what if we just did this? What if we just went over to the lineup builder and we just said 50% on each one of these? This would be insane. We're going to get some crazy names here. Let's do 50 on putting and 50 on accuracy. This is going to be wild. Brendan Todd, number one. Matt Fitzpatrick, Kevin Kisner, Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Dylan Wu, my buddy, uh, Sung JM, Matt Kuchar. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. But if you wanted to do something like that, if you wanted to do 35 on accuracy, 35 on putting, 30 on approach, and see what happens. Webb, number one, Berger, and there's that answer. Hatton, Wilco, although he has, he has four rounds, so consider that. Rom is there again. So pretty interesting stuff. I, I love just kind of tinkering around with it. One and done pick, uh, pick two, Louis Lowry, Kokrak. Oh man, that's tough. Louis, Louis Lowry. What do you think this winning score will be versus the farmer's winning score? So I think farmer's was what? 14 under. I bet you this winning score is much closer to even par. I'll take, um, I think you shoot three under you win it. Heck of a sunburn. Oh my God. It's still, I'm, I'm now peeling Mark. I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't think I was out there for long. I put it on my face. Uh, I, I, I put sunscreen on my face. I guess I did not reapply. I've been in the hurt locker for, for a couple of days now. Thank you for noticing. It is finally healing. I'm, I, I'm peeling. I think I'm getting through it. It's been absolutely brutal. Thank you very much. Can we come up with a new fun slang word to replace volatile like Bucky? How about, um, not Bucky Topher, but I'll, we can do something. I've got a lot of these same questions, which is fine. Under 6,800. We talked about that. Re go, go back. Now that you're doing a Friday night cut sweat, you need a new t-shirt to sell. Do you have any ideas? Um, sink at 2% ownership is a good guy, a good last guy in. Yeah, I think he is. Um, you know, he's longer than you think. We can pull him up here on the, on the golfer profile and we can look through sync. It's always funny with the last guy we had up there, uh, Troy Merritt. All right, so here we go. So 
approach I love, right? He's 20th in approach. He's 27th in driving distance. I worry about his short game a little bit, but the putter is pretty good. Uh, for your last man in at 2%, that's pretty good. Can you talk through a few high percentage ownership players you're avoiding and ones that you're still playing? So if you watch the fade video, my my take on Bryson is pretty nuanced. I think that Bryson can destroy it from T to green. I worry about him on pure Poana greens. I will probably be fading John Rahm. Uh, in both the betting market and the kind of single entry market. It's not because I don't think he's a good play just because I think everyone else is on him and he is not twice as likely to win the golf tournament as Dustin Johnson or something like that. I think there's some really good pivots. I, I like Coke rack, but I think there are others, some other really good pivots in the $7,400 range, like an Adam Scott, like a uh, Shane Lowry. I don't think I need to play him as much. And then Xander, I think there's a pretty good case to be made for fading Xander again, because his ownership is going to be so incredibly high. We're, uh, we're on the assumption that in January, he figured out Tory Pines. If he didn't, and he goes back to the form, that, the, the, the kind of the results that he got for the previous five trips, which was four missed cuts. That's worrisome. Which one's the outlier? I guess we're going to find out. Uh, I'm pretty neutral on DJ T Fusco. So I, I think that he is fairly priced. I think that he has, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic about what I saw last week from him. I think that he is, uh, has all the skills in the world to win a U.S. open at Torrey Pines. So for him to be checking in at 9.8%, maybe I'm going to have to go with my, uh, new year's resolution of play more DJ. What if I started DJ Rory? That would be very unique. Could I do that? That might leave me some garbage. Is Neiman a sneaky play? Listen, I, I kind of talked about him earlier. I like him, but I'm worried about the around the green stuff. Okay, we can talk about Cam Young real quick. So Trevor, um, Cam Young has won twice on the Corn Ferry in his last couple of starts. I only have like three rounds on him in my database. It just so happens that one of them is at Torrey Pines, his most recent, which was from January, in which he gained 2.7 strokes on the South Course, which is uh, always good to see. It is a very small sample size flyer for a guy who is playing well right now. Do I have any confidence in anyone below... 7,000 or 7,100. I think we're trying to fill a roster spot here for you, Jeff. I I, I mentioned I don't mind Poulter. Um, Seb Munoz, I don't think is all that terrible. And I'd be willing to go down to even Vegas or, or Steel. So there are some guys I have a little bit of confidence in. Carson says, hey, great, great, hey, Rick, great content as usual. I'm in the middle of a pack on my one and done. Who's your go-to player that has the best chance to win that might be a little bit off the radar that would keep you unique? All right, that's a lot of things. Uh, Justin Thomas? I mean, at least get a stud that is going to be low-owned. Probably JT. I wait, Do you still have Rom? Because Rom's been used by a lot of people already. So if you still have Rom, there's a chance you could be different with the favorite. Um, if you want to go further than that, Reed or Cantlay, I think they have a chance of winning it, or even Hatton. That's probably where I draw the line. TJ's in the chat. Favorite lower owned play? Uh, one guy you've grown on. Okay, so I've I'm growing on. I've grown on Morikawa. I'm growing on uh, Dustin Johnson. I'm growing on Rory. Those are guys that, as the week has gone on, I'm growing on guys that I am cooling on. I, I think it's the chalk. I think it's I think it's Xander. I think it's Bryson. I think it's Rom. Um, I just, I'm really stuck on Bryson. I'm really stuck on Bryson because on one hand he could absolutely destroy this. On the other hand, 
is POA numbers, which I don't know if I've shown in this chat yet. Have we talked about this yet? If you look at Bryson's pure POA numbers, he's pretty atrocious. I mean, here he is. He's losing nearly a half a stroke per round um, on, on pure POA, POA surfaces. He's only gained strokes three times in, what is this, 10, 11 events that he's played on. He's missed a lot of cuts. It's just, I'm just cooling on him. I'm just cooling on him. Thanks for the question. I have Brooks, Bryson, Rory, and Rom available. Oh, boy. Rom is only available to a few entries ahead of me. Yeah, you should probably just play him. He's the favorite, and you have him available. I do like Rory this week. Here's another question about Rory. <laughs> this is not a question, but I'm just going to read it. Rick, Rick, the man, the myth, the DFS God legend. Who is your guy? Oh, okay. Who is your guy you're most planning on playing this week and fading? Love the content. Let's go. Uh, I think by the end of me tinkering this afternoon, I will probably have the most exposure to Rory. Uh, I can't, yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say that. I just think that, I just think that he is on a very short list of guys that have really great course history um, seems to be putting it all together for me. No one's talking about him. I will consider that a leverage spot. And then the fade, um, probably has to be Rom and that'll burn me. Talked about Poulter. Does Phil have anything left? Listen, I, I didn't think he had anything left before. Pulled it off at Kiwa. We talked about the top five chalkiest players. Yes, my Morikawa love did remain intact as the week has gone on. DJ, JT, or Spieth, who do you like best? Uh, almost certainly for me has to be DJ. That's probably another guy that I will be growing on as the week goes on. Who's the most underrated player the, uh, Underrated player coming into this week? Also, any love for Higo? No, I, I, I mean, listen, Higo is going to be great to ask him to follow up his first PGA championship or his first PGA tour victory with another or, or play well, I think it's crazy. The most underrated player. Ooh, the most underrated player. Could it be Cantlay? He's coming off of a win. Could it be Cantlay? Outside of that, like five week stretch that he had that started with the players championship. He's been the top three player for a long time. Statistically. And now he's just coming off of a win. It looks like he fixed the putter. And, and it took me 47 minutes into the show to talk about him. So I think he fits into the mold of being underrated. A lot of questions about Harmon. In terms of... No, I answered that. I did do a custom model. My girlfriend wants to get into golf, but she all, always needs a team or a person to cheer for before she can get into a sport or a show. Who should I recommend? Rory's very easy to cheer for, and he's very good. Um, this is a good question. So you, you kind of also want somebody who plays a lot so that you can get her to watch with you often. Get her into Sungjae. That would be good. Or if she likes good looks, you could get her into Adam Scott. That would probably help as well. I'm torn between Rory and Morikawa. Boy, you're not going to get any help from me. Sorry. I um, I like them both a lot. Thoughts on Paul Casey and Ryan Palmer? They're the anchors to many of my lineups. Doesn't this feel like another week where Casey just pops up into the top 10 and rocks the thing? 
Um, Palmer, I think is a little bit more hit or miss in case he's got that seasoned vet. I mean, not that Ryan Palmer's not, but you know, I, I think I like Casey here. Give me the ultimate contrarian DK lineup that could actually work. That's a unique question. All right. Well, there's a couple of ways to be contrarian. Uh, you don't, I mean, the, the answer could be, uh, DJ JT, Cam Smith, Fleetwood. I don't know if he's all add up. Uh, Wallace and Steele. I don't know if that adds up. But I think the other way to do it is uh, like be unique with two specific guys or and leave 300 bucks on the table and then you're kind of contrarian all around. So I was arguing starting Rory Morikawa or if you could start DJ Morikawa or DJ Rory, I don't know what that would leave you with. But if you just do that, you have an old, you have a contrarian lineup that can make moves. Good pivot off of, oh, is Grace a good pivot off of Higo? Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Grace is, uh, listen, does, didn't he hold the record? He might still hold the record for the lowest round in a major championship. That might have been broken, but he's he is very he is very good. Oh no, I just jumped down and lost my spot. Hold on, hold on. For large GPPs, what is the aggregate ownership to stay under? I like to keep it under 80. 60 might be better. Uh, if you go to the lineup builder, you can type in what you want the max projected ownership to be. So like if I do something crazy like 30 and I keep in my kind of crazy, let's just see what lineup this pumps out. There you go. DJ Webb, Sungjae, Todd Kisner, and Spencer Ralston. I would probably remove him from the player pool, uh, but that would get you 29% ownership. That would be pretty crazy. I try to keep it under like 80, which would give me Wilco, Kisner, Answer, Hattenberger, Simpson. I probably have to adjust my weights, but you get the idea. I think 80 is a good one to go. Rick, do you have a good guess on first round leader? Um, I mentioned Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I saw him at 50 to one guys that can get really, really hot, right? We've seen him shoot a 59. He plays better in the first round. If you go to the Holy Grail, you can actually search these guys. So let's get off Poana. Let's do round one. And let's just do strokes gain total um, and, and look for guys with a good sample. Rom, Cantlay, JT, Rose, but you're probably not going to get great odds on any of those guys but Rose. I went a little bit further. Here's Scotty Scheffler. He has 50 round ones, 1.37 strokes gained uh, on average there, Russell. I love Xander uh, in a vacuum this week, Steve, but I just think that it is uh, really hard to play him in a lot of situations. I mean, I've saw his odds where he was like the third favorite for a guy who's never won a major championship and really doesn't win all that often. That's hard to, to pull the trigger on. Also, he's going to be incredibly popular. So if you're playing a large GPP and you're trying to get a lot of leverage, he's going to be hard to play there. I think Xander's great. He is well-deserved of, of, of some of the, the, the accolades he's getting this week, but uh, unfortunately I'm, I'm probably not going to be a part of it. Patrick Rogers seems to do well on courses with thick rough and is also great on Poana. He, uh, is great on Poana. He is actually better than Patrick Reed when less rounds on Poana. And, uh, I believe still one of the longer ish hitters that we have on tour His recent results. I don't know about let's, let's take a look at his recent results. I'm not sure what he's been up to recently. A couple of missed cuts. He doesn't have a top. 30 since Riv, although there's a pretty good comp. I mean, it, it would be a flyer, but it's not the worst flyer in the entire world. This is a good idea. I'm not going to 
do take the time to do it right now, Bruce, but this is a good idea. Build two models, one weighed heavily towards ball striking, another weighted towards strokes gain and putting on POA and find the golfers that show up on both. It's a great idea. I'll do it later, but I'm going to keep the chat moving here. I've answered a lot of the 6K range questions. That would be Vegas, Steel, uh, those types of guys. Nina Bar, Nina Bear, Nina Bear says 4 Thank you. I'm only like 30 minutes behind. <clears throat> Is the media tracker quicker than Bet365? I would imagine, right? Isn't the media tracker getting it first? <laughs> right? <laughs> I would I would think, Seb. I have no idea because I know the Bet365 is more for like you overseas fellows. I'm assuming, Seb, you're, over, you're overseas. Uh, I don't know, but I assume it would be the fastest. I don't know. Love the first cut. Random question. Have you, KP, Greg, and Coach golf together? Regardless, what's the finishing order if you all did? We have not, Patrick. Thank you for the question. Uh, we really all started doing it together it, like President's Cup 2019. So that was December. So it was only a couple of months before everything shut down. So we have not. We're, we're trying to get back into. Uh, we're trying to set something up where we can all be in the same spot at the same time. Uh Greg would have to win. I mean, he is, I think he's by far the best. He is probably a, I don't know what his handicap is Two. He's the best. I think KP would probably be next. He's sneaky athletic. Uh, I don't think people realize he's pretty athletic. I've seen him. I've seen his swing. I think he'd be next. I think I would be next. I play a lot, but not all that great. I'm like an eight and then coach. I don't know how much he plays, but I bet he crushes it when he hits it. So that's the order that I would, I would say they go in, but coach might win a long drive contest. Can you do a deep dive on Rose? Yeah. Got to give the people what they want, right? Let's do it. I'm not a big fan of Rose. I believe he is a fool's gold putter. Let's see what we have here. So this is what I'm worried about. Four out of his last five, he's gained a ton of strokes putting. Six at Charles Schwab, 11 at PGA, 5.6 at the Masters, four at the API. He wasn't really that good of a putter before that. So I'm wondering if he found something or if this is an extended run. To lose uh, strokes on approach at both the PGA Championship and in Fort Worth and finish top 20 in both of them is a recipe for regression, Brant. Or at least that's the way that I view it. Um, so yeah, that's for me. Love the shows. Who ranks first in putting in majors? So I could kind of do this, but remember, the majors don't share the data with the PGA tour. So I usually have, I think I have the last two years of the U S open because they started sharing it. I have a couple years of master's data because Nelson was able to send it to me so I can show you this, but it's going to be very, very incomplete. So keep that in mind. I'm just going to do, um, so I'll do U S open again. There's not going to be a ton of, of data for these. I'm going to do masters. Do both of these. I'm going to do, um, open championship. I think is what I have it in here as open camp. Or do I have it? Yeah, open champ. And then I do, I'm sure we have PGA data. So again, this is not going to be complete, but you want putting for majors. Uh, oh God, of course, Justin Rose shows up first. 61 rounds. Again, not all of those are measured. 1.1 strokes gained putting. You can see how many I'm missing, um, but I've got a pretty decent set. I've got, actually, I have most of Justin Rose's major championships in here, but there are a lot of gaps. Brendan Todd, Ian Poulter, no surprise that those guys show up. Of course, Xander, of course, Brooks shows up. You can see I am missing some of course, but that's a pretty good way to actually, that was more than I thought, John. I had more than I thought. 
Thoughts on Wolf? The uh, sentiment from the course is not great. I've gotten a couple of texts. Seems like there is a lot of questions, a lot of head shaking, a lot of uh, miss hits on the range. I am less optimistic. I wish I was not. I hope he was awesome. How about Phil for the career grand slam? It's like a 0.5% chance of that. It'd be very, very cool. <clears throat> Why doesn't Webb get mentioned as good play when seventh in driving accuracy, first in bogey avoidance and scrambling? Yeah, and Webb's awesome. I love Webb. I've I've trying I've been trying to say there is there are no such thing as Webb courses anymore, right? It's Webb's Webb, Webb can play great at a lot of places. I do think he's been taking some time away. Did I just see that he had a baby and he hasn't swung a golf club in a couple weeks? I don't know if that's true. Don't quote me on that. I thought I saw that. Go look it up for yourself. How do you remain positive all the time with so much on your plate? Thank you, Rex. I appreciate that. Um, one, I love this. Like, I really like. I would have been like, I would have been doing this right now anyway. I just happened to flip the camera on and go live. This is what I would be doing. So I think that really helps. Uh, my wife is great. She helps with like literally everything, so that I can just do this. And I don't know the comments and stuff. It gets me all stoked up. Is Ian uh, Hatton is a good putter. He's bad on POA. Let's confirm that because I know there's been a lot of questions about pure POA or some type of POA hybrid. So let's go to Terrell Hatton. He is a 0.2%, uh, 0.2 uh, baseline guy on POANA. He's even better. So I don't agree. Uh, I'm your Huckleberry. He is not bad on POA. I actually only have him for 20 rounds. Almost all of them coming at Chapultepec, uh, one at or four rounds, I suppose, at or two rounds at Riviera. Uh, but otherwise, he's been great. If you go to Bent Poa, he's fine there too. He looks okay to me. He looks okay to me. Just sending some love. Thanks, Drew. This is very interesting, Mark. With Poa Greens a factor, would it make sense to focus on morning players in showdown? So I kind of like this a lot. The Ooh, interesting. The idea is um, POA grows throughout the day. It buds in the afternoon, makes it very difficult in the afternoon. These guys are now allowed to tamp that down, right? They can, you're going to see, you're going to see them tamping everything down. Uh, but I don't really mind that. They're still going to roll much more pure in the morning, be a little bit more receptive, I don't mind that, Mark. It's a pretty good idea. Ian says, why do you like Colin when his stats for POA in putting and short game are disgusting? I read that very aggressively. Um, because they've always been disgusting, right? He's won four times. There, there is nothing that has changed from the time that he came on tour to right now. He has the same questions. He's a four-time winner. One of them is a major championship. He could have six. It's just, this. he is what he is. He is literally... On approach, gaining insane amounts of strokes. He's gained more on approach alone than a lot of guys gain overall in a round. It, it's that's what's disgusting. It is crazy, crazy good, and he has found a way to uh, get over these other detriments and win golf tournaments and win big golf tournaments and play well. I just, it, it's it's the same story. It's not like he's doing anything different. If our, if Morikawa wins this week, I'll buy a random person in the chat next week a case of Arnold Palmer spiked, and they're not even paying you, TJ, and they should. I like it. We'll take you up on that. How is the ownership for Phil Mickelson? I thought I saw him at like five-ish. Where's our buddy Phil? 
how much is he? He's got to be 77. 3.2% is what I have, Matt. What type of player does graduated rough benefit? Anyone getting a bump in your rankings because of it? So I heard this early in the week that they were going to try to do graduated rough. Um, I'm not sure that's the case. Also, it's very hard to do and do correctly. And is there really a big of a difference between 3.75 inches and four inches? I don't know. But the idea of this would be, I guess, guys that are long enough, but not too long, but accurate. I don't know who that player would be. I don't think they're doing the graduated rough or if they are not, not the way that I think it is or you think it is. But the answer might be Victor Hovland actually, because he's like kind of long enough, hits a lot of fairways. I think that would be the answer. Xander or Kepka for one and done. I played Kepka, but you probably have to play Xander. Can't lay figuring out the putting at Memorial and now he's on the West Coast automatic play. Yeah, I think I said he's probably the most underrated golfer just a couple minutes ago. Uh, can you run another model? If you're going to ask, you got to tell me what you want in it. Just throw in some random stuff. Is Patrick Reed long enough off the tee to warrant his popularity? So this is always kind of interesting too because the scorecard yardage, uh, I forget what it is, 60, 76... I don't know what it is on the scorecard, but it's it's probably not going to play that long any day. They do that to give themselves opportunities. Uh, it's probably going to play 72, 7,300 yards each day. It's still going to be long for a par 71, I suppose, but I'm not as worried about it if he can play out of the fairway. If driving accuracy and putting are so important, why so high on Rory? He kind of sucks at both. No, not bad. Um, so it, you can get away with being inaccurate if you are long. Uh, ask, ask Bryson about that. And Rory is certainly long. Uh, we can look at his putting numbers kind of round by round as well here, but he's second in driving distance. He is, yeah, 167th in accuracy. That is a little bit worrisome, but look at how many strokes he's gaining off the tee. 10th, uh, 10th off the tee. And I want to pull up his putting numbers here and we're a little bit into overtime, but it's a major, it's a major championship. I want to get through some more of these questions. The questions are very good. We've had some weeks where the questions are not as great. Um, here's the thing with, with Rory. So here's the putter, uh, in general, you know, he is a tour average putter, at least for the, for the last six years. And he has the ability to pop off gain nearly seven at Wells Fargo gain over three at the Memorial gain over three at API. He can lose a lot too, but this is kind of the same combination or at least volatility of uh of putting stats you see from Morikawa. Morikawa is more extreme. He'll lose seven, gain seven, all that stuff. But instead of being a consistently small loser, Rory sometimes gains big, which is when he wins golf tournaments. Do you like Zal Torres this week? Love him every single week. He is uh he's he's special. Is this going to be his fourth major since the US Open at Wingsfoot? He's got three top tens in the other ones. He had a top ten at, at Tory earlier this year. Yeah, baby. Let's go. What's your handicap? Currently an eight. How much salary would you will be willing to leave on the table? 500 bucks. I mean, the optimal, you guys know I tweet out the optimal lineup. Usually in major championships, it's closer to $50,000. If you want to, um, let me see if I can do this real quick. If you go to Twitter and you search Rick Run Good Optimal in the chat or in the uh, search there, you will see that I generally tweet these out. And, you know, the memorial was 49,600. Uh, let's go by latest. 49.6, Charles Schwab, 
46-3 at the PGA Championship, 49-2. So I have no problem leaving uh, almost any amount on the table, but usually in major championships outside of Phil winning the PGA, uh, it is generally closer because the softing is the price, the pricing is so soft. All right, a couple more here. Um, we are in overtime, but I, I do want to get to some of the really good ones. This is my favorite hour of the week. Thank you. I'm in a pool with some friends. Would you take JT or Rom? If it's just straight up, you probably have to take Rom. Why worry around the green on Neiman but not Kokrak? Who says I'm not? I'm worried about all guys around the green. Kokrak has found an absolutely magic putter, though. What will the shot difference between courses? I'm not sure what that means, Steve, but if you are under the impression that they are playing two courses this week because that's what they do for the farmers, that is not correct. They were playing all four rounds at the South. I don't know if that is what you are getting at, but who knows? Any thoughts on Patrick Rogers? Uh, yes, rewind. I don't mind Carlos Ortiz. Go back and check this, John. I'm pretty sure he was in the final. I'm pretty sure that final group at Tory uh, on Sunday was Reed Burns, Carlos Ortiz. Check that for me. Ooh. Chris, Rick, you mentioned you make your one and done selection before the season starts. Not all of them, but I have one that I do that. Do you have a cheat sheet for tournaments that don't rotate courses? Would love to see some content like that. Um, I can put something like that together. It's a really great exercise. Highly, highly uh, encourage it. What are your thoughts on Brooks this week? <laughs> what are my thoughts? Uh, I like him a lot. There's a super chat from Matt. Uh, thank you very much, Matt. He says, if you were building 400 lineups, would you run 20? For each of the top five guys, then optimize for the last 300 without locking the top five. Um, yeah, I've done something like that before. I mean, it's just going to give you a lot of bullets to be live, right? And I think that's a fair way to do it on a course that is, uh, it, it, honestly, honestly, Tory year over year at Farmers Insurance Open, the results are very, very volatile here. Um, you don't see a lot of great history. Rom has it, Finau has it, and Rory has it in a smaller sample size. So I don't mind kind of spreading it out a little bit at the top. So thank you very much for the super chat. And of course, uh, Kevin Erickson pops in every single week. It is much appreciated. It says, remember folks, keep fit and have fun all. Don't forget to check out the run good shop. You can find some great merch for the golf season. Believe it or not, Kevin is not on the payroll, but maybe he should be. Thank you very much, Kevin. I really do appreciate it. <clears throat> Still, still reading here. Still reading here. I've answered a lot of these. Give, give me ball, Casey. That's the voice you're looking for there, Greg. So if Rom wins, then what? Will you be screwed if he's not in your lineup? Yeah, you will be definitely screwed if, in a single entry. Now, the idea is, so here's the idea. If John Rom is 25% owned in a single entry and he wins the golf tournament, even at these ridiculously low odds, about 11% of the time, that's the impl implication by him being like nine to one. Um, that doesn't add up, right? So 89% so of the time, he's not going to win the golf tournament and 27% of the people are going to be disappointed. Can he benefit and still make you money if he finishes second, third, fourth, fifth? Sure, but that's the that is the bet that you are making. With the influx of casuals, 
What is your strategy this week? And will how heavily will they weigh course history and how will they weigh strokes gain data? They won't. They will pick names that they know. Starting low, a good way to pick your lineup. I start with the guys I can't resist first, whether they are low or high. I don't care. Crazy to leave salary on the table. Always leave salary on the table. Hey, Rick, how can I see three-putt avoidance on Poana? Um, I'd have to whip it up for you. It's not like an official PGA Tour stat. I'd have to run the numbers. Is there a Mina and Rick playing Mario Golf on the on the Switch stream in the works? Uh, yeah, maybe. I think I think Mina might be on the. Um, I think she's going to be on the raffle tonight. She's going to help me with a lot of the a lot of the um, logistics, so you can see her there. John with a super chat, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And then Aaron says I'm playing in also with a super chat. Says I'm playing with a I'm playing in a five man contest. Winner takes all on FanDuel. Favorite high, medium, or low tier players that you would target. Um, so if you win or take all, you probably have to be pretty aggressive here. So high, I'd probably go with DJ or Rory. Mid, I would probably go with like a Reed or a Cantlay, if that counts. And then low, I would probably go with like a Homa or um trying to think who else would be like a good flyer here. Because like Stuart Sink, even. Winner take all, you got to be a little bit, a little bit crazy. So I think that's good. I'm well into overtime here, but there's still so many more questions. I want to read a couple more of these. Hey, Rick, what's your actual job? Not that betting isn't one. Uh, yeah, so I don't bet for a living. Uh, what my my job is, uh, we, we, I, my wife and I say it's a golf media company. The, the, the pegs of it are the data website, rickrungood.com right here, right? People subscribe to the data. That is one part of it. The other part is, um, I mean, I cover, I cover golf for CBS sports. I host their daily podcast. I go on their streaming network. I was on it earlier this morning. I'll be on it this afternoon. Uh, there's just, you know, a lot of different ways that I'm able to turn this into my full-time job, but those are the two, those are the two biggest. Ah, I knew somebody was going to get me on this. Regardless is a word. Irregardless is not in the King's English. I knew somebody was going to get me as soon as I said that. I don't mind Robbie Mack, left-handed player, bomber, hits it far, has shown up in big-time events before. Don't mind that whatsoever. I think I'm almost done here. Playing someone. I've always had a question on who to play. Playing someone who lives close or grew up close from the course have any weight on who to play? Generally speaking... Those guys are better at reading greens, especially on specific types of surfaces. They're more comfortable on it. Uh, there is also there is also a concern about um, like obligations, right? You go home and you have your family's there, your friends are there. They all want to meet up. You like you want to play well in front of them. Not everybody deals with that, but most guys generally play well in the right region. Are you a member at any course? No. Wish I was. I'm working on that. I don't have the time to play right now. Did you just hum the McDonald's jingle? Probably. Oh, my wife hopped in. She says he does that every now and then. It, it, it's, it is an earworm. It is stuck in my brain. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Lowest zone in the 10K range, DJ, probably. Any concern with the video of Brooks limping? No, because there's no stairs on the golf course. Winning score, three under. How common is it for the optimal lineup to not include the winner? Uh, I guess almost impossible. 
right? Because it would be the optimal. Because you'd have to win by, I, I would think, almost impossible. Almost impossible. All right, I think I'm done here. Um, here are, so thank you very much, everybody. Hit the like button on your way out. Another live chat at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Joe Idoni and myself going over jock market. Card break tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. You have until 9 o'clock if you want to get into the break. No exceptions. RickRungood.com forward slash card hyphen break. It'll be fun. That'll be a great way to end the week. It'll be a lot of fun. Mina will be on with me. Uh, it'll be cool. It's time for lunch. I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the outro. Thank you very much. Enjoy the week. Goodbye.